Kingston. Thanks for joining us at Noosa Church's God in Us podcast, where we believe that the God in us is our real story to be told. Our church family is full of incredible people who are living out their faith every day and living lives that are bringing glory to God. Let's hear about the God in us. Welcome, Mrs. Sarah McPherson. It's got a certain ring to it, I think. <laughs> How are you feeling this yeah, morning? Yeah, good, good. Excited? Yes. Good. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad because everyone else is petrified. So it's... I was actually slightly petrified okay. too. Okay, <laughs> good. Well, let me assure you there's nothing to be scared of. So, But um, I'm guessing that a lot of people in Noosa Church probably don't know you because you've only been here... 18 months? Yeah, about correct? 18 months. Yes. Yeah. So, and you showed up in the thick of COVID, really, didn't you? Which is an incredible story within itself. So, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, we actually moved up probably about 12 months before COVID hit. Yes, that's right. um, so, we um, had a look around at a few different churches in the area and um, we obviously came here and loved it. So, we've probably been here almost two years. Yeah. But part of that, we still had a business in Victoria. So, a lot of it was traveling backwards and forwards. So really it's only been now we um 18 months that we've sort of been here solely sort of every on the weekends yes, as well. So yes. um so during lockdowns, you were up here with the four kids and Scott was living it up down in Victoria yeah, by himself, a bit, a, right? I was going to say a bit, a bit of both. We <laughs> Thankfully, we, um, we had our business. Um, so we moved here all over two years ago now um, and we moved here and then Scott was still traveling backwards and forwards for work. And then, um, 12, just over 12 months ago, we sold the business, which was good. Just, just Mm. before it went to full blown, crazy lockdowns. So we got to do our two weeks hotel quarantine with four kids. Um, but which was, which was fun. Um, not an experience I'd want to do again, but, uh, we got through it. And so then, um, yeah, we've been up here. Um, well, both of us now sort of settled, um, which has been good. Yes. So the whole t- hotel quarantine thing, is that as horrific as everyone makes uh, it sound out to be? It's it's the fact that you're stuck in. So we had yes. the four kids. You're stuck in a room. We, we were sent, you were allowed to go exercise once a day, which they let you go down to your little concrete pen, which had like four or five <laughs> army people manning it, had police. Oh so the kids, when they're in the room, they don't feel like they're locked in. No. But the minute you take them down there, right. they actually realise the gravity of, wait a minute, we're, we're in. It's we like are caged, pre- animals. caged animals. So we oh. end up not doing it because it actually was worse for the kids. Yes. They felt wow. they felt more locked up doing yep. that. Yep. Um, and... It's kind of, you just go a bit stir crazy yeah. because there's only so much TV you can watch. Oh, totally. Um, and for the kids, it was like they were living their best life though because right. they had electronics, they yep. had TV. Yeah, um, unlimited. And But for the for us, it was a little bit mm. hard. And the food, you sort of, you, you just get what you get, which mm. um, is okay as an adult, you can make do, but it's mm. very hard to say to kids here, totally. have, a, have a salmon Greek salad for dinner. <gasps> oh, um, you're not going to get many no. sort of seven or eight year olds that no. are going to say yes to salmon and Greek oh, salad. Gosh. So it's, um, it's fun, but oh, we're out. through it now and yeah. uh, never want to leave <laughs> Queensland again. <laughs> no, that's the thing, isn't it? My yep. goodness. Farewell family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so born and bred in Victoria? Uh, yeah, born in Victoria. Mm-hmm. My dad was a bit of a gypsy, so okay. we so we uh, 
was in Victoria for a few months and yep. then we um, moved to Tasmania. We were living at oh, Lorena, wow. which was just overlooks Cradle Mountain. Oh, on a, um, And then we spent seven years in Tassie. Oh, then we goodness. came back to Victoria and okay. then we pretty much, um, we used to move every 12 or 18 months, but f- similar sort of area all mm-hmm. along sort of Melbourne, but okay. sort of ranging from sort of Bentley, Cheltenham and up to Frankston. So I went to, you know, multiple, uh, I have, lost count of how many primary schools I went to Um, but then only went to a couple of high schools we kind of settled down by the time I hit high school yeah that's good which which is good so how how do you find that then as a kid I was really adaptable in primary school Um, I'm a twin so I always had my twin sister beautiful so so as primary school totally adaptable but by the time I hit high school it really did um impact my I guess my confidence Mm. and my actual um, ability to make friends Mm. Um, and particularly because we hit that high school age and me and my twin sister were known as twin one and twin two and we wanted our own identity so with that we kind of pushed away from each other that we would catch the bus to school talk thick as thieves on the way to the bus Um, but then we pretended we weren't even twin sisters at school and then we'd they used to laugh because we'd be we wouldn't sit next to each other in the bus, and the minute we'd get off the bus, we'd be right next to each other talking, and everyone <laughs> in the bus would see it, and they'd be like, "Seriously, why don't you just sit next to each other?" But we just wanted to be known as our yeah. own person, yeah, um, fair. and no fault, but it, that's who we were. People always just said twin one, twin two, and you lose that identity. Yes. Um, once we hit about year nine, year ten, we didn't care again, and we. Um, but for those sort of three, four years, mm. it was a really. It, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, well, they're such formative years for teenagers, aren't yeah. they? And establishing your identity. Yeah. Yeah, so I can totally understand that you'd want to figure out who you are yeah. outside of somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, I've been sure. saying that. She's my best – well, her and my husband, they're my two best friends. Yeah. So I talk to Beck probably – Multiple. My my husband likes to say I talk to about five or six times a day, which is probably true. Um, so so the twin bond thing is true. It is very strong yeah, for us too. Wow. So, but we're we're very similar, and we've um, you know we've always um, had each other, yeah. and um, so we've you know through our childhood we were always shared a room up yeah. until I got married, sort of straight from I moved from home and got married straight away. So I sort of shared a room with Beck, and then yeah. I. Um, Got married and shared a room with Scott. Yeah, like it's, wow. I've always sort of, My we've goodness. had that bond, so it's good. Wow, it must seem weird then to go away by yourself and have a room to yourself every now and then, hey? Yeah, it doesn't happen doesn't very happen. often. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, um, childhood is got on the radar for you. Yeah, grew up in had a interesting. Yeah, had an interesting childhood. So mm. my mum and dad um, got saved just after I was born oh, wow. um, in Tassie. Okay. And we grew up for the first six or seven years. Dad had had a very interesting life before then, sort of in the rock and roll industry. And okay. um, that's how I like to describe it. But he he definitely had a very non-Christian life to that point. So was he a muso? Uh, no, not a muso. No? More backstage working okay. in that sort of, yeah. working in that industry as a roadie and things yeah. like that. Okay. Um, so he... Um, they got saved and we spent the first six or seven years in church, um, in a little AOG church in Tassie. Okay. Um, and I, we were, dad always liked to say we were singing three point harmonies at the front of the church. Like as kids, we were always up there doing little kids choirs. And yeah. then we moved when I was in grade two to Melbourne and dad 
we walked away from church okay. and dad went back into that sort of lifestyle of, um, I like, I, I put it as the rock and roll industry, but that mm. sort of sex, drugs, ra- mm. sex, drugs, rock and roll sort of mm. thing. Mm. Um, they but, kind of all go hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we didn't go to church, but what Beck and I have always talked about, and I'm one of five kids, is we didn't realise as a kid that we weren't going to church because we'd grown up with that foundation that we still thought ourselves as Christians. Yes. And so if something went wrong, we'd pray and say, God, can you help us? And we still said mum would always say grace at the table. Yeah. And so for us as kids, we didn't start going to church again until about year seven. It, Our morals were still the same. We never, yeah. you know. God we, didn't leave the picture. God didn't leave the picture. Did. Church yeah. did, but God yeah. didn't leave the picture. And my mum's yeah. very, my mum's a very sort of, um, uh, very high morals and she taught us right from wrong. Mm. So um, mum and dad were always together, but mum was sort of that sort of, and mum protected us from what dad was into as well. Yeah. To yeah. a point. Um, so yeah, we, um, dad, <clears throat> we didn't go to church for most of our primary school years then. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when dad was in, when we're in grade six, dad got sick and mm-hmm. ended up in hospital. They said he had cancer and was on Melbourne Cup Day and they went in and they removed half his bowels. And um, he thought he was going to die. And um, in the end, they tested and it actually wasn't cancer. It was um, something else was diverticulitis. But he remember being in the hotel room and God saying, you're going to live to see your children's children. Wow. And then his mate arrived and said, you're doing the wrong thing. You need to actually come back to church. So he dragged us back to a CRC in, um, in Melbourne. And um, we went to that a few times and then we found one up, another CSC in Frankston, which we're, where we were living was halfway between these two churches, about okay. 40 minutes between each place. Wow. And so we started going to Frankston and that's when really my relationship with God sort of, I guess, jumped back in. Yes. Um, and as a family, we had a very strong, went to church probably for most of my childhood, although dad's lifestyle didn't really change. Okay. So we still were in a, um, or not his, his, we were still in an interesting family environment, mm. not a very healthy family environment, mm. but we had church and it was, it was a small church, but there was a couple of kids our age that we became, um, I became best friends with the son and my twin sister became best friends with the, um, daughter and yep. we really were really quite close yeah, through those wow. formative years wow. so um so it kind of held you there it definitely yeah wow That's and quite um and COC at that stage had a really good um, in Melbourne had a really good youth program where they did youth alive and they had yes. youth camps yes, and fantastic. so they really did um it was the the friendships I think that sort of kept us in church mm. even if other things were going on right. at home and yep. all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So your mum um, must be an incredible woman. Mum Raising is. five children yeah. and twins in the mix of that. And that would be, be like pretty full on and moving around so much. And Mum's wow. a very – mum really is. She, um, she was a nurse and she – she worked from the time that uh, 
my youngest, so I'm, it goes my older sister, then us twins, then yeah. a younger sister, and then our brothers, the youngest. Sheesh, wow. So there's our one boy and four girls. <laughs> the poor and, thing. Yeah. And um, so she started back working as a nurse night shift when he, when Nat was two. Oh, um, wow. But I was actually saying this to my sister, it was only about five years ago, because obviously we have a business and I've always, I've worked and I work with the, mm. and stuff. And I was chatting about something and I actually came to the conclusion that mum was a working mum. And I never thought that as a kid because she worked night shift and we would go to school and we'd come home and she'd have a few hours sleep, but the house would be clean and she'd make us, you know, cook us biscuits and we'd have homemade biscuits. And as a kid, I never actually thought she was a working mum Wow! because she was always there. Like, so she might not have been able to go to the sports on a Saturday morning, but she was she was there that I didn't actually click what she actually did as a parent until probably five years ago as I've working with four kids and doing the juggle myself. I'm like, wait a minute, this is what mum did. But I never felt like she was, that I missed out because she worked. That's incredible. And nights, goodness me. Yeah, she did night shift for a long, she's only just finished up the last sort of 12 months doing night shift. Wow. So she's done. amazing. I don't know how anyone functions. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Seriously, it's like another world, isn't yeah. it? So, goodness me, yeah. yeah. So, um, did your dad actually need to lose half his bowel after all of that? Uh, yes, he did. So, he, he had diverticulitis, he oh, had diverticulitis okay. which is, I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah, they had to remove half his um, half his large and half his small intestine. Oh, gosh, um, wow. So, yeah, it was... Um, pretty full on. Yeah, mm. so it was, it was a defining moment and, mm. and like my dad, he... Um, so he, he loved God. He Mm. really did. Mm. And he, um, over the, and I, over the years, he, he did things that I think he thought were, um, good at the time. We grew up as a kid and he really wanted to help the downtrodden. And so we had, um, heroin addicts and alcoholics that lived in our house, which is not exactly a great safe environment for a 14, 15 year old girl. Um, but he did, I think he, he loved God. And even though Mm. his lifestyle, he didn't, he couldn't quite get away from his old lifestyle. Mm. It was always sort of Unfortunately, right sort of, there. it was right there, pulled yeah. him in all the time. He still loved God and yeah. I still, um, so it's that tricky thing that, um, yeah, the, uh, and I had a very interesting, well, I didn't have, I had a very hard relationship with him over the last few years before he passed away, but I do know that he loved God. Mm. So that even though he, there might've been failings as a, in our relationship, mm. um, and things I went through as a child that I probably shouldn't have had to, mm. I still, you know, yeah. know that he he did love God. Yeah. I'm guessing you can look back and appreciate the struggle that his life would have been, yeah. you know, almost easier walking away from that industry. But as you say, he actually got to be an influence within that industry where other people couldn't have. Yeah, you know? may- maybe. So, I don't Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. yeah. You'll never know. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Who knows? That's, that's between and him and I God. guess, yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. None of us will know the impact that our life's had. Yeah. 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 Far out. So you met Scott then when you were quite young? Um, yeah. So I, so the church that I went, um, that we went to, so um, I grew up, uh, like I said, from year seven and in the church was um, a couple, which is actually Scott's older brother and his sister, and they actually were... Um, 
ended up being my pastor. Oh, um, wow. So Scott was Scott was living um, in Shepparton and he came down to actually be the youth, uh, youth leader at the church. Um, oh. And um, this is one of those God moments, actually. So when I was only about 13, the first youth camp I went to, um, Scott actually came to that youth camp and Scott's seven and a half years older. Okay. And I walked into this building and I audibly heard God say, you're going to marry this person one day. And I was this 13-year-old kid and this was this 20-year-old. And so obviously he's a man and I'm this kid. And I went, that's just ridiculous. Like in my head, I just thought, no, this is... What am I even hearing? And I just sort of let it go. And I think I might have mentioned it to Beck just passing, going, like, seriously, I just had this thing that felt like a word of God that you're going to marry this person. Whoa. And he was he was a man and I was a kid, really, because totally. seven years difference. Yeah. And I didn't – but I remember saying it, and it sounds really bad when I'm saying he's 13 and 20, but um, quite a few – he was living in Shepparton and I didn't even um, – he – see him again for a couple of years. But I just remember because it was Steve's younger brother who was there. Um, So then a couple of years later, and I didn't even click that that happened, I started babysitting for Steve, um, his, well, my now nieces and nephews. And him and his mates used to come down surfing and Steve would always forget to tell me I'd be sitting there watching like Emma or some chick flick and there'd be a knock on the door and there'd be all these sort of young guys just rock up at the door as I'm like watching some really over-the-top corny chick flick and they'd just rock up because they'll go and surfing and Steve like yeah I forgot to say my brother and his mates are coming down and it happened quite a few times and um then yeah when I was 17 he moved down to be the youth leader and um we I remember um that's when I clicked that I'd heard that but I didn't think, oh, wait, I'm going to marry him. But we actually went, instead of schoolies, which is a thing my mum did, my mum said, you can either go to schoolies or I'll take you on a mission trip. And we went to Solomon Islands. And so that was our choice. All our friends went to the Gold Coast and did what you do with schoolies. But mum said, you can either, I'll take you on your first overseas trip, it'll be a missions trip, or you can go to schoolies. What do you want to do? And of course, me and my twin sister are like, well, we want to stamp in a passport. We'll go We'll go to a missions trip. <laughs> that's so so cool. we went um, to Solomon Islands and that's where Scott and I started to really develop a friendship together there. Yeah, wow. Um, so, okay. There so then, go. yeah, we um, went on the missions trip and um, started to develop a friendship. And then when we got home, um, yeah, we um, we sort of started to have a couple of conversations and it was like, okay, well, you know, if if this is going to happen, like when uh, we this is not, I don't want to date someone. This is, if this is it, this is, you know, um, this is serious. I'm not just, it's not just a fling. If this is it, this is, you know, it's marriage, it's life together. And so, yeah, we... Um, wow, that's after, a big conversation for a 17-year-old. Yeah, obviously I was very mature. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, we got together, um, we got together when I was seven, 17 mm-hmm. um, and then we got married um, just before I turned 19. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, so it happened quick. It happened quick, it but did. but we, but I knew, knew, I knew, and totally. I knew God had God had told yeah. me years earlier. And um, my mum also had it. My mum, um, when mum was on Solomon Islands with us as well, and she she had a dream when she saw us married together with like and with a family, and so she also she knew God had told her that this is this yeah, is right. Wow. And twenty years later, it's um yeah. You're still together. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and it is. It's it's the best. It's the best 
best thing. Yeah. So. Wow, that's incredible, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So then um, your kids' age range from? So 16, 14, uh, 9 and 8. Yeah, so you didn't wait that long and you started uh, five, this big five, brood of so a family. So four, four years. Yes, which I guess is quite normal. Yeah. Yes, I'm just abnormal, <laughs> so I think, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yes. we're together. We, we were married for four years, so yeah. which, you know, which we... We've always um, liked, so we, you know, we we travelled, we did some renovation, we sort of, we had, did every, we did a lot of stuff before we had kids yep. and then we've continued to do it once we've had kids as well. Yeah. It hasn't. Uh, so was Scott, did he stay working in the church then or uh, so he, he was or? No, so he did, it was just a volunteer. Okay. So so we yep. did, we ran the 12 to 16 year old youth okay. group for a little bit. Yeah, cool. Um, so we did that for a bit, but then we... Um, so you did that for a few years and we did, we were, I did the church books for years and yep. Scott was on the management team. He was okay. the treasurer of the church. And um, so we were heavily involved, you both were. involved in the music team as yeah. well. Okay. Um, and that really was until um, we, um, well, for the first probably five, six years of a marriage, I was still in the music team when we had um, Jackie, mm-hmm. and then we moved um, to Queensland for six months when Lukey was um, uh, four weeks before Lucas was born. Okay. Um, so we were heavily involved up until that point. Then we yep. moved up to Queensland, spent six months in Queensland, then we came back and then we started a business and moved to Ballarat. So. Yeah, wow. There you go. So um, business being a caravan business, <coughs> yes. that was at that point. Yes. 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 So, so what was that like? Yeah, great. So we had the business for 11 years. Yep. Um, so, and we really, um, yeah, we we loved it. And, um, but we didn't love the cold of Ballarat. So, mm. no. So we, mm. the first, within probably the first 18 months, we'd start disappearing to Queensland every year for our holidays. <laughs> uh-huh. And by the last year of the business, I think we were coming up here three or four times a year. And that's just when we just went. Out. Yeah, just to <laughs> thaw out. But well, we don't, when people say how long we're in Ballarat, we don't go by years. We go, yeah, we did 12 winters yes. um, because Ooh. it's just cold. And we're not, like Scott grew up in Shepparton, which is, it's in Victoria, but it's beautiful weather. Like mm. they have, um, well, they have highs of 40 degrees. Like it's a real, oh, wow. it's a real different heat and it's yes. lovely. And they, they do get cold winter, but it's only short. Yes. Whereas Ballarat, you only get a short summer. So it's kind of the mm, opposite. So, um, so we enjoyed it for the business and we enjoyed it for the life, well, for the kids. It's a yeah. great place for kids to okay. grow up, yeah. except for the weather, mm. but we hated the weather. So, yeah, um, yeah we kept coming up here and then finally went, this is getting ridiculous. We should just move. And we wanted to move before the kids got too old because I don't, I want to be able to be there for the kids when they're older and if they, when they have their own families and stuff. And I didn't want to hit that stage and say, okay, kids, you're old enough now. I'm fend for yourself. I'm moving to Queensland. Um, We're this way. If they decide they want to move back to Victoria, we're not moving away from them. Um, I know it's sort of, so that's yeah. why we wanted to move when we did because yeah. now they're, they're young enough that they can develop their own life and friends here and hopefully yes. stay. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 that's it. And, I mean, you know, they're not going to go back to the weather in Ballarat exactly, are No, they? So. Ho- hope not. <laughs> no. I'm sure they've acclimatised. So. Definitely. Yeah. And so has the move been a big, a big adjustment for you guys? Uh, not really. It no. really hasn't. No. I know it, it, it sounds... 
like we it sounds bad but we really just we've felt like um church where we've fitted in it's a real church where we belong yeah. um and um you know it's we just seem to have settled in really quite well. It's been mm-hmm. it's been different with COVID, not being able to travel mm-hmm. back and see family. Mm-hmm. Um, but in saying that, this year before it, before May, I'd managed to catch up with Beck three times before the border closed again. So yeah. it's sort of we've we've made a point of, and same last year where we can when the border's been open, just um, do it. Just do it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. more of them come to us than we go to them though. Yes. But, um, yeah. And because we had the business last year, we we're still traveling backwards and forwards till August last year. Mm. So I think that sort of, yeah. that helped yes. as well. Absolutely. It will. A- and it's, it's, who doesn't want to live in Noosa or in the Sunshine Coast? Well, really? who doesn't want to come visit? Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, you just, you move to Noosa and you get inundated with family because <laughs> everyone's happy to have the excuse to come here, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, you can totally understand. And let's face it, there is mass amounts of Victorians now living in exactly. Queensland, isn't there? <laughs> Particularly on the Sunshine Coast. So Exactly. And that's what I always keep saying. It's like, yeah, we did move up pre-COVID. Yeah, like we've been here, we've been here over two years. <laughs> we didn't just jump up in the last 12 months. Not that it matters. As if you did, but no, that's right. But we do like to say we've, we've been here for a few years. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, that's we, it. It wasn't a COVID move. It wasn't a COVID move. No. It was. Uh, it, it was before that. Just but... to establish that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. No, not that it matters, but, no. but you do. But you do like to just establish and going. Yep. Yeah. Mm, mm. We didn't just follow everyone else and yeah. just jump ship. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yes. I'm sure Victoria will always have a a, hard, a large part of your heart. So yeah. I think yeah. with family there, like we don't, I don't actually, because we love the lifestyle up here. Like mm. we, the kids are so much more active. We're so much more active. Mm. We've, um, you know, we love the beach. And um, so I don't miss Victoria, mm. but it is the people that you do Absolutely. miss. And pre once once the borders open up, then that changes again because then people can travel freely. So it's yeah. a bit harder when you, you know, you've got everybody down there and you can't just jump in a plane and visit. But totally. um, but that's okay. That's what FaceTime and totally. everything else is for as well. Thank so goodness. yeah, yes, very true, very true. Yeah. So having um, grown up in a Christian family, then yes, was was there a, a um, defining point within your faith journey do you feel or was it just there was always just God was always just there or like what do you look back and see when you look back at your so relationship with God it's interesting because I haven't I never really like and I listened to one of the other people saying the same thing who's um, Janelle I think who grew up in the church with four uh, and she grew up in the church her whole life as well. And I never had that altar call moment. However, mm. there were some real distinct things that happened. So when I was in um, primary school, I was quite uh, high school, I was quite sick. So at one stage I was on 17 different tablets and um, oh, through my year 11 and year 12. Um, and wow. I really was quite unwell. And um, so I think a lot of my um, identity then becomes in that when you're quite sick as well. And we went to a youth camp and... Um, it was, it's the whole thing God working through. And there was a guy called Ruckus, Ruckins McKinley who yes. came out from the States and it was this big um, youth camp, I think like up at Dubbo or something like that. And we all stayed in tents and we went up there and I'd been really dealing with a lot of specialists and things, trying to get to the bottom of what was actually 
wrong with me. I had a lot of sort of chest pains and and all of this sort of, and that had been going on since I was in grade six. So it had been a long, I was in year 11 by that stage, it had been a long process and they really couldn't work out what, exactly what was going on, but I was just in constant sort of pain and and things with it. So we went to this camp and it was something that actually was a pivotal moment for me and my twin sister. And I think being a twin and we're such a close, strong bond, um, Ruckins McKinley actually called out Rebecca and said, there's a person here whose twin sister is really sick and blah, blah, blah. And instead of calling me out to pray for me, he actually called Beck out and he actually mm-hmm. called Beck out to pray for and sort of spoke over Beck that she's going to be healed and all of this, which... For us, with how close our relationship was, it actually was pivotal for both of us mm. because it was actually letting Beck be part of the whole thing. And he called out and um, and sort of spoke healing over my body. And really, that was the start. And it was also about um, the start of actually um, a real change in my health. Wow. And um, But it was – so that was a real pivotal thing. And it was the fact that um, I think as well that he – um, it wasn't me directly that he called out, but he called Beck. But it's but it like I was there too, and yeah. for me that was a real pivotal thing. Yeah. Um, and then the same in about year, around the same sort of time as you hit sort of year eleven, year twelve, and you start to sort of um, almost not push away from God. But we had um, so we um, got part of the music team. And I think that was something as well where God really used the music team and the Sunday school to actually sort of, um, you know, go. I think I started going to a couple of parties and really um, went to church one Sunday after going to a party. And I didn't really drink because I'd had issues with like kidneys. Like I wasn't other. There was other kids there, 17, 18 drinking. And we were always the designated taxi person (laughs) to get our friends home safe. But I went out to this party, got home late and then went to church the next morning. And I just had this real moment of what am I doing this for? Mm. Like there's not that enjoyment in it what am I and um so that must have been about the start of year 12 and it was like why why am I what am I doing this for I'd have so much um more enjoyment and so much more life going to church on a Sunday than trying to go out to these parties and things um and so that was probably two sort of key key moments Mm. so but I said it's sort of that thing God's always been his his hands I've I've seen his hand of protection over my life over the years and so it's just been something that's always been part of who mm. who I am. Yeah, absolutely. And and when you need a bit of a nudge back on the track, he was always yeah, there to sort exactly. of go over here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Very yeah. similar story to as you say to Janelle, isn't yeah. it? When you when you grow up in church and there's there's still um, different seasons, isn't there? Oh, definitely. Of, you know, you walk with God, but you look back and you see those moments of him very much steering you back on course, yeah. isn't it? And, yeah, and holding you. And I think that's know? the thing. It was the, it's the, prote- so because of my dad's lifestyle, we were in some very unsafe situations growing up. Um, so we had, like I said, our Alcoholics in the house, and we had heroin addicts, and we had these people that, um, and so I was put in some unsafe situations. However, there were some real other key moments, and and it 
for people that probably don't have faith, they might look at this and go, I, you know, are you, are you sure? But um, so when I was in um, around that same time in year 10, I did cross country running and um, my twin sister loved, oh, I can't remember the name, uh, some of the old school revivalist sort of um, people. And um, she was listening to um, there some music, which was had, um, and I don't even know if it was a a book or something but it had all those sort of old school revivalists talking and things and then it had um and music and it was the night before my cross-country running and um I was um listening to music and I had this vivid um like a, a flash in my mind of actually me being assaulted in a toilet block and it was this vivid thing that I felt like like being attacked while I was in this toilet block. And it was the night before my cross country. And I felt this overwhelming thing that God said, don't go to cross country. And I thought, this Whoa. is just crazy. I, I don't know what I'm thinking this, like I was in the zones and, you know, I wanted to go there. Then I'm thinking, well, maybe it's fear telling me not to go. And, but I had this vivid thing that just don't go. You just, just don't go tomorrow. So I didn't go. And I thought it was fear. And then about a month later, I went to pick up my brother and sister from their new primary school, which was at the place where the cross country was. And my brother needed to go to the bathroom. Uh, my sister needed to go to the bathroom. So I took her to the bathroom and it was the toilet block from my flash that I'd had. And I'd never been there before. I'd never oh, seen that toilet me. block. I'd never. Wow. And so for me, it was that real thing of the Holy Spirit that actually, and I don't know whether something would have happened or not but I'd never seen that toilet block before yeah. and I had that vivid flash yeah and so for me it was like God saying I protected you I'll protect you wow. so over the next few years we had um some instances where I was um where we had people in the house that um had the wrong intentions towards us but God protected me wow. so that whilst they might have like looked in on us when we're dressing, things like that, which yeah. should never have happened to a teenager. Mm. But there was a line that never got crossed. Mm. And I really felt like God, even though I was put in those unsafe situations, mm. God was there to say, I'll protect you. And I know mm. that doesn't always happen to everybody, mm. but I felt, I just really felt like God mm. said that, um, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'll protect you. Mm. You're my, and so that was sort of, wow. yeah. Goodness I, me. Yeah. So did you share those moments with your mum? Um, or were they just kind of between I, you and God? I don't know. I think I've shared them over times with people, but I'm not sure yeah, what I shared with. Back so then. back yeah, then, you just shared them with what Beck. she thought about you yeah. not going across country that day, or yeah, yeah. yeah. I wow. I think she just I just refused to probably go. being a teenager yeah. and just yeah, said I didn't. That's it. Okay, yeah. just one of those. And I went to school moments. in I went to school instead and just didn't do the cross country. Yeah, okay. So like yeah. I didn't not go to school because yeah. I just didn't do the cross country. So yeah. Um. Yeah, so wow. I don't know. Probably something I could ask her now. To yeah. Quite a few years later. Yeah, so see. so I've had like I said I um you know I've really felt like God is just He's just guided along the way. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. And to have those, you know, such defining moments and have your husband pointed out to you and yeah. wow like there's there's no um there's no denying yeah. god is there and i think you know? that's the i think that's the thing that i really have had those sort of pivotal moments that so i do when life gets hard as it does and you you go through your own challenges like i just know that i just know that god's there just i just know mm. um so that's just it's just who it's just who I am, I yeah. guess. Yeah. 
it's it's almost gives you a simplicity to your faith, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Of, of um, you know, you don't get too wrapped up in the intellect at all. There's just that, no. just that knowing. No, and I yeah. think that's that's the thing. As I've got older, it's now starting to go. Okay, maybe I, I you know, you do um, want to read your Bible more, and you do want to know a bit more of the the theology mm. behind it. Mm. But I think I've always had that, you know, I guess that childlike just faith that going well, there's that's God, that's just yeah. who He is. Yeah, and I think that stemmed from just starting off in church yeah and then um like I said my mum is a really mum was uh, as a teenager she's a real mighty prayer person in God wow. too so goodness me yeah. yeah just yeah she would have an incredible story herself I'm yeah, guessing your mum of yeah what what she um how her her faith steadied her through yeah yeah, many storms. So, yeah. So, how does this kind of transfer then to your kids now that you are a mum yourself, and and how do you walk out your faith journey in front of them? And um, I think it's a tricky one. So, growing up, I this is something that I've sort of uh, worked through as a parent. So, growing up, my my dad was very um, he's like. He was very sort of, um, I don't know if uh, this is how you have to live your life. This is this is the Christian thing to do. You need to, you know, you can't wear anklets because they're this. You can't listen to this music. You can't do that. <laughs> Yet his lifestyle didn't actually mm. um, go the same way. Mm. Um, like he, um, I actually moved out of home for 12 months when I was in year 11 because we couldn't actually live at home um, together. So there was a lot of things where on Sunday there was this story, but on the week it was a different story. So that's something I've really struggled with is Mm. with my kids is that, um, I don't want to force, you know, I've, I've always been the sort of person faith and we pray and, and stuff, but I don't want to force and push the kids too hard because what I, I want the kids to just see who, see our, come to church on a Sunday, see what our faith is, mm. um, live the faith, mm. but I don't want to, um, I want it to be their journey, not mine. Yeah. And so that's something that as a parent is always really quite mm. tricky. Like we go to church together as a Sunday, every Sunday, and, and the kids go, um, our oldest goes to youth group and, um, you know, we, we listen to, I have my music playing in the car and, um, you know, we we talk things through with about what we believe with um, with church, but I do want it to be their journey as mm, well. Mm. That I don't want them to feel like I'm pushing everything on them. Mm. Um, like I want them to actually be able to come to their own faith yeah. journey as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and like you say, see that in you. Isn't yeah, it? it's exactly. not always just hearing it. Yeah, yeah. So much of it is actually just. Just watching you, exactly how you respond to situations, exactly, and, and and like we were saying, just that simple faith, yeah. isn't it? Of of just that knowing, yeah. You know, if so. you can gift that to your children, it's one of the greatest gifts, exactly. Isn't it? Yeah. So that's that's the tricky thing as a parent, as I think as a parent is, um, yeah, you really just got to live out your faith, mm. and I think, and mm. um, but also, you know, we have we have morals, we have things that, you know, at times kids or the kids will say, well, you know, our friends get to do this. Why yes. can't we? Mm. But you just, you, you, you work through it. 
Yep. So those mean mother moments. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not yep. fair. Exactly. But yep. but you just and you just I I hold on to the scriptures that you know the scriptures that say that you teach a child in in God's ways and they they stick with them and I yep. I know that ran true for me that yes. you know when we did yeah. that early years in that sort of it, those morals and the mm. the faith never left. Mm. So. Yeah, it it obviously really established a foundation and a grounding in you, didn't yeah. it? That you then, you know, even though there were years where you stepped out of church, you yeah. still, as you say, your faith was still there. Exactly. For your mum, it was obviously very central within the home. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess that gives you confidence in knowing, um, you know, for your kids that you're putting it in there, yeah. isn't it? And then no matter what, you know, they hit 18, they might leave home or take till they're 40 or whatever. Yeah. But um, it's something that no matter the seasons that they walk through, you know it's in them. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And the greatest gift you can possibly give them. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, quite incredible. So so, uh, what do you reckon uh, for the next five years? Um, So we've just started another business. So for now it's sort of that um, we're back into building a business. So really – We've done over the years in church. We've done um, we've done music team. We've done different things. But I really feel like God's also called us to um, be business people within yeah. the church community. Yeah, and right. I think that that's you know I think that's important. That there's there's so many different um, parts of the church, mm. and so for us um, mm. being in business is mm. is really important. Yeah to us and um you know we've that's been one of our tools in with our sort of faith over the last 10 11 years um so we're back to building a building a business again and um is that exhausting or do you feel like you're reinvigorated to do it it, again it it depends on the day so (laughs) so it's it's a juggle because our first priority is always the kids yeah so it's it's a matter of you know like I'm still there every night to pick them up from school Mm. so you know working six days but making sure that I'm there Mm. for every school pickup and Mm. and so it's it's the juggle um and it's very different our last business we had 30 staff yeah and um you know and we're starting Mm. starting from scratch and Mm. we've you know there's there's now um you know four of us um which is only just sort of new but for the first sort of month or two it was just the two of us doing it so um so it is it's it's tiring but Mm. when but it's also exciting but you love it um yeah definitely so I'm the sort of person that I could quite happily sit at night time and play on you know building websites and doing all this stuff and I have to actually say okay no you know it's it's time to stop now yeah um so I'm I'm the sort of person that I can't sit still like I don't see you yeah Yeah, that's good that's good so So it is good but it's nice and now you get to build a business in the warmth exactly so. exactly <laughs> it's gonna look very different it so. definitely yeah, yeah no, it, it's exciting. a lot easier to get up in the morning and uh, oh, get yourself yes. ready when it's the sun streaming in at 5 30 in the morning so and, true yes and to you, get out of bed yeah, yeah. We're sort of joking. You just want to be alive up here. Like you just want to get out there. I love it. That's so true. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. That's good. Well, I love seeing your your, uh, journey and where you guys have come and and loved – Love that you guys just kind of went, this is our church and, and, you know, we're jumping in boots and all and, you know, early in the piece we got to catch up with you guys for coffee and we are corresponding while you were down in Victoria and I just love that you made yourself known and and just became an – part of the family and embraced it and you know, didn't sit on the peripherals. So it's cool. I love it. Well, that's the thing. When we – 
when we've come up, because we've come up holidays, we always ended up here. Mm. This was always the church mm. that when you're up here for a week, Big you're up here time. for a weekend and a Sunday, you'd, we'd go here. Yeah. And I think initially it was the COC, just because we grew up in COC. Mm. So you kind of go, well, oh, we know, you know, yeah, but what you know. very, very quickly you went here and it's just a great church. Like yeah. it just is, it's a, it's a friendly church. And I think that's a real testament to the church. A lot of the time you go awesome. to churches and everybody, and, and I understand it because I was like this too, because it becomes your friendship group. Mm. So mm. you don't see people, you see them on a Sunday. So you want to chat to your friends. Mm. Um, but what I find with this church is that it's actually a friendly church that, you know, cause you got that little cafe area outside, there'll be a spare couple of seats and people will be like, Oh, can I sit at your table? Mm. Like, I think that's what you get to meet makes, someone new. Yeah. And that's yeah. what makes, that's what makes it it's somewhere. Good. And it's, you know, awesome. I think that's what you need in church because yeah. it is, it's not just listening to the preaching or listening yeah. to the music. It's yeah. actually that um, community. It's awesome. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story with the community. I'm sure it yeah. will inspire them and, and um, it's great to see, yeah, the God journey and what he's done in your life. Look forward yeah. to the next chapter. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. We pray that you have been blessed and encouraged by the God in Us story that you've just listened to. Can I encourage you that if you get the opportunity, introduce yourself to the teller of the story and tell them that you want to hear more. God has blessed us with each other to do this journey called Life Together.